Welcome back to the Georgia 2024 show. I'm here with my co-host, Bill Quinn. We're on a Wednesday night and not a Sunday because, as Bill's been saying on the Georgia record, we got twice as much for the deep state to worry about. So we're going to be running a 7 p.m. show in addition to our normal 2 o'clock show on Sundays. And as I said, we're brought to you by the Georgia record. We had a huge audience last Sunday, the biggest yet. The show is growing. We want to give a shout out to our uh, Denver Conservative Daily audience and Caravan to Midnight tonight. And uh, hopefully we'll be back on War Room next Sunday. So with that, let me give a quick request for you to support us with our no ad subscriptions. We are launching our 13th website and newspaper in Montana soon. The Montana Sentinel Colorado Free Press is up. We're in Connecticut, Georgia, New York City, Miami, Armed Forces Press, Espanol, the Balkans, Israel, and Eastern Europe. So we are everywhere. CDM.press is the main site. You can get access to all of our content with no advertisements, no pop-ups, nothing, just straight news. The best, the most uh, early news in the world. All the big scoops they're calling now, exclusives from the Daily Mail, etc., are simply retreads of what we reported in 2019 and 2020. So please support us with our no ad subscriptions. Bill, we got a big show today. You want to run through the lineup? We sure do. Uh, so we're uh, we're going to kick off with uh, by hearing from Charlize Bird, uh, the House of Representatives member from uh, Cherokee County and the surrounds. Um, and then uh, we'll get a chance. We'll hear from your conversation with Christina Bob. Then we're going to do a little debrief on some of the news in the last couple of days um, surrounding Atlanta and uh, some of the um, machinations of some of the guys trying to uh, keep Trump from progressing so we'll talk about that and uh a little bit more about fulton county so we got a we got a packed show for uh our inaugural uh, wednesday evening that's right so we'll be back next wednesday and sunday at two as usual but uh, i'll go ahead and bring on uh charlie's charlie's i should say hold on so we had the chance to sit down with charlie's bird this week and discuss a lot of things uh, welcome to the show charlie's thank you for having me so uh, you're a, a Georgia state rep for the 20th district. And uh, tell us what you're seeing going on in the ground in your district. How, how's the, how do the people feel? What are, the, what are their main concerns, et cetera? Sure. Uh, many people in Cherokee County are still very concerned about election integrity. And they are really working for paper ballots, which mm. I agree with. Um, I believe that there was some uh, issues with the machines. I mean, we have been talking about it since 2020, yeah. and it, ha it is a problem, and how we resolve it is another whole issue. Um, and they certainly were, are working for us to call a special session, which I mm -hmm. did write a letter to Chris Carr last year encouraging them to have a special election and look into all of the fraud that we believe happened. Bill? Wait, go ahead. So recently, um, uh, Secretary Raffensperger attended a conference up in Washington and made the comment during that uh, that uh, it was his belief that voter confidence was increasing or improving, I should say, in Georgia. Did you find or do you find that kind of surprising given what you're seeing? Very surprising because certainly in Cherokee County, and I certainly receive emails from other areas of the state of Georgia with the same concerns. Mm -hmm. 
I also attend meetings for Madison Forum where we listen to Garland Favorito. And to me, it is still a big concern and it's not going away. Yeah, very much so, I think. Um, just just this past uh, few days, uh, I think you're probably aware Spalding County has uh, chosen to um, automatically hand count um, its uh, ballots in elections going forward. And should there be a discrepancy, um, they are going to pause prior to uh, prior to uh, certifying the election. So clearly they're, you know, they're out. I, I, I will call it on the front edge of the spear at the moment saying we're going to do something different. So encouraging. Charlie, it is so encouraging. And I think it's going, is it now gone to the court system? I'm not, not sure where that is at this moment. I don't know. We were watching uh, and it, it's very possible they, somebody may have um, objected to it. However, it's very interesting the way that they did it. Um, even their own attorney during the session, uh, the, uh, the county attorney for uh, Spalding um, admitted that there was nothing illegal about um, doing an automatic hand count. It would, the, the, the the discussion, if you would, or the um, challenge might be if they at some point chose not to certify. So we'll see how, how it plays out. Sure. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe it is Johns Creek somewhere up in North Fulton that their city council went to paper ballots. And I guess it's a process to be able to use paper ballots. I have not personally checked it out, but I had heard that there was a particular city council that uh, started using paper ballots. You, you may be referring to Milton, who- right. Oh, um, okay, yes, thank who you. about, I guess, three three or now four months ago elected that. And and it was very it was fascinating. They found that they could save a quarter million dollars in the first year by doing that, by moving away from having Fulton run their elections with the, the nefarious machines, if you will. So, sure. uh, Todd, back to you. So, uh, Charlie, uh, what was your opinion of, this, of the last session uh, under the Gold Dome? What, what, what were your feelings? I have a lot of feelings and I have a lot of opinions, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> <Let's hear them. laughs> so, um, it was very different. Uh, number one, with a new Speaker of the House, kind of changed um, the dynamics with some all new leadership other than Jan Jones uh, became the leader positions for our caucuses, our Republican caucus. So that was very different. So everybody seemed to be learning their new positions. However, I do believe that they continued to march to the same drums of uh, expanding government, certainly spending a whole lot more money, taking our mm -hmm new revenue and use it in according to whatever department or agency they wanted to uh, increase. Um, I applaud um, Governor Kemp for doing the $1 billion for tax uh, assessment relief and also for your, that is our taxpayer money, the $250 or $500 that would be returned to you. Mm -hmm. Personally, I believe that all of the money should be returned to taxpayers because it is, in fact, our money. And they put money into areas that I don't believe in. It was a, a difficult session for me. Um, it only will get diff more difficult for me, but that's okay. I am here to represent the people, not those under the gold dome. 
So were there some bills that you uh, wanted to see passed but didn't get passed? Absolutely. So one of my big pushes has been for the last two years, and it's HB 266, which is a medical freedom bill. Mm-hmm. Medical freedom, meaning that no entity, whether it's government or private enterprise, will mandate that we will have any kind of injections or vaccines if there is ever again a planned pandemic. It was stopped in the health committee, which um, the chair of that committee refuses to hear my bill if my name is on it. So yeah, it's a little rough road down there. Uh, I do not believe that I should get credit for those types of things. And I am ready to turn it over to someone else to see it get done. My only concern about that is they tend to water everything down. Yeah, This is, I think, a two-page bill, very cut and clear. It's been vetted across the country by various uh, health organizations but we will see. We will try again in 2024. Yeah. So was there more people there? Did you feel like a, a higher level of civic involvement in the last session? I did. Listen, I was overjoyed that we were somewhat back to normal again, where people could be called out to the ropes again. Um, and to me, every citizen is a lobbyist for themselves and for the issues that that they're concerned about. And I have believed that they have every right to be down at the Capitol, working the ropes, having conversations with legislators. So what do you think your priorities are going forward? My priority is once again, still HB 266. Uh I had another bill, which was HB 293, which is uh, the Second Amendment Preservation Act. We know that uh, President Biden's administration is um, doing a lot of executive orders for our to trample our Second Amendment rights. So this was uh, to prevent any government agency from outside of Georgia. Our federal government could not come into the state of Georgia and mandate or take away our guns. Uh, so the only persons that would be able to do that would be our own Georgia public safety. With the bump stock that took effect on, I believe, May 31st, where there's, what, 40 plus million people that are now considered felons because Mm -hmm. we have not registered our bump stocks. This bill needs to be done to protect our Second Amendment rights as they're being Mm -hmm. whittled away by the left. One of one of your first comments was about election integrity, and you know we we are lucky enough, I guess is one way to put it, that sixty uh, percent or a little bit better of both the House and the Senate are uh, the seats are held by uh, Republicans, so seemingly conservatives. Were you surprised that uh, there wasn't more um, coherence in approaching some of the election integrity bills? I've forgotten how many passed, but it wasn't many. No, not many. Um, it doesn't surprise me. Everybody can uh, can define themselves uh, as a Republican mm-hmm. and across the spectrum from whatever we call a rhino to way, um, I guess, very conservative, which I'm on the far right side of those kinds of things. And I realize that everybody has to figure out their own district. However, when we're talking about election integrity, it is everything. I mean, it is a, an important piece of what we do here in our country and in the state of Georgia. So it doesn't surprise me. They tend to, 
I have to back up, but I believe that many of them do not believe that there was any election integrity issues. Hmm. I mean, we have to look at Governor Kemp and uh, Chris Carr, our past lieutenant governor, Rafsenberger. None of those people have ever agreed that there was ever any election, that there was any fraud or hmm problems with our election system um, back in 2020. And they still continue to say that. Yeah. No matter how many people have uh, opposing opinions or in some cases data that uh, is seemingly uh, anomalous. Um, as you, you know, as you look forward, there's a couple bills that came up um, in last session and there's lots of speculation that they might raise their heads again, but boy, there was a seemingly a, a big public pushback against them. So one was uh, the follow-on to the um, uh, the mental health bill that was passed uh, now a year and a half ago. And in this past session, it was 520, and there were quite a number of things that were of concern there. Um, what, do, what do you expect will happen with that in the coming session? And, and where where do you stand, if you can share on, on uh, whatever that may evolve to become? Well, back uh, last year when um, HB 1013 was introduced, um, after my understanding, a three-year study, which I was not part of that, was not even a duly elected at that point. But when mm -hmm. it came forward and we started going, I mean, line by line of HB 13 and realizing the major issues and the rights that we were giving up as citizens of this country was mm -hmm. beyond uh, un for me, very disturbing, along with two other members of the House um, at that time. So, I mean, to think that we are at a place that we're going to turn our medical freedom over to the WHO to define what mental health is, which mm -hmm. we have never defined what mental health is because no one can agree to the definition or whether we should start red flag laws because we may be going through a nasty divorce. And I call on my husband and tell them that he's crazy and they're about to, he's threatening me. So then his name goes on this long list mm -hmm. where he could never have a gun again. These are things that are still happening. We put a, over a billion dollars last year into the mental health bill. We did a lot of money for HB 520 this past year, and it just continues to grow to take over a whole lot of people. That is very concerning. I mean, on some days you think to yourself, man, I could use some, um, you know, be put in someplace to get my head back together. Um, we all do have bad days, but now it's being taken a lot farther than that. We now have a hotline of 988, I believe it is. And people are constantly calling into uh, this hotline with their health, mental health issues. I do know that our own hospital is filled. The beds are filled for what they are now calling 1013 when they pick people up. Mm -hmm. So it depends on how crazy you are, whether you get a bed now. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is insanity. Well, it may, it may be whether money is available given a particular model too, wouldn't it? Um... If, if you can call it in the in 2020, if you called it COVID, you know, ho hospitals were guaranteed a certain amount of money for certain. Sure. Treatment, so 
Yes, uh, that's a possibility, actually. I have to say that I haven't even given that one much thought. I've been so focused on uh, Georgia giving our rights away to the WHO and mm -hmm. all of the very concerning things that um, if I have like a spasm out in the parking lot with someone that I'm going to be picked up and taken off to be 1013. Yep. These are yeah. concerns that everyone should have about. Sure. And I'm not making light of mental health because there are people mm -hmm. that have mental health issues. But I mean, to the extent that we have gone, I mean, I yeah. believe this is just a sweeping thing of going across the country so that yeah. we can all be uh, labeled with a mental health issue. Yeah. Create the disease and then create yeah. the problem. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Exactly like a COVID. Yeah. So let's talk about the coalitions. There's 19 of them, I think, right now, the Republic, George, Republican coalitions um, that are kind of an alternative corporate structure to the party. And many people see it that way. What do you think about those? Who's behind it? Do you know anything about them? Well, certainly I do know about them. Uh -huh. um, I actually attended a Cherokee County Republican coalition meeting mm -hmm. um, a couple of weeks ago. There was probably about 30 people there. They talked about a couple of issues. One of the issues certainly was election integrity. And it was just really more conversation than anything. It wasn't about, yeah, yeah, let's change parties or any of that sort of thing. Um, listen, in Cherokee County, there's over 200,000 Republic, no, 200,000 people that are registered voters. Mm -hmm. And there is a large number of those that, of course, are Republican because Cherokee County is very red. Only less than 1% actually even belong to the Republican Party, the Cherokee Republican Party. I don't, it doesn't keep people from going out to vote, but those people that are more concerned about what's going on in the world of politics, which I don't think that a whole lot of people really pay attention to it other than that less 1%. If it means that they are being more educated for issues that are happening in our state, I'm all for it. I mean, certainly I don't remember anyone getting all concerned that the Georgia Republican Assembly started, um, which I am also a member of that. I am not a member of the Republican coalition here in Cherokee, but I mean, I think it. they have very clearly stated that they are all about policy and focusing on a bill that may be coming and how they Republican Party, the GOP. Um, I think it's just enhancing people to become more educated. So during the uh, during the convention, there were lots and lots of calls for uh, unity, if you will. Oh, gosh, we got to we have to band together as Republicans to defeat the Democrats. And uh, and yet following the um, the convention uh, elections in a number of states, there was a pretty, pretty big swap out of folks that had been involved. We'll call them for the moment establishment folks that were in leadership positions. A lot of them um, were not invited forward in leadership and were replaced by um, folks that uh, I think the, the term that many people use is grassroots. New folks that are America first focused and so forth. And there seemed to be a backlash in these coalitions. So, for example, in many counties, um, well, some counties already, you're seeing folks that that were diselected, I'll call it for the moment, um, okay. getting getting involved in these coalitions. So as opposed to what um, was called for at the convention, this doesn't seem like a move toward unity. This seems like a move toward division. 
What are your thoughts? In some respects, I have to agree with you because certainly I, I have to look spe specifically at Cherokee County. We've gone through some rough times, not just in the last couple of years or this state uh, um, convention, but for through probably the last 10 or 12 years. Leadership has changed in Cherokee County. And at one point, Cherokee County was where everybody looked to because our county party was one of the finest and had a lot of people that were involved and worked very hard to get specific candidates elected. So then when it started to change, I guess you would call it like the old guard, wasn't particularly crazy about it because there were some people years ago that had been elected that were considered libertarians as opposed to GOP members, Republicans. Mm -hmm. And there's no, I mean, there is a lot of difference between our platforms. If anybody would look at a platform for the libertarian side, but we all agreed on fiscal responsibility for sure. And I think that's um, one of the biggest issues that we can all unite on. I think in terms of the, the split, because we always want to, what we've been saying through the whole America First, Donald Trump, we want to get rid of the swamp, which I totally agree with. There's far too many people that have been entrenched for, for far too long and need change. Then you do a whole new uh, group of people that come in for leadership and they're really not sure of their role not to say they can't learn, just like I had to learn what I had to be as a state legislator. So it is a learning process. So let's, I am praying that those individuals that have become new people in leadership across Georgia in our GOP, that they will learn extremely well so that we can become united for the 2024 elections. There are a lot of good people that have not been involved in the party before, and now they are the leadership of our party. So we need to help them to elevate them to do the best job possible. And if I had those conversations uh, with our new chairman, which I have a meeting coming up with our new chairman of the, Georgia, the Cherokee Republican Party, I will do whatever I can to help to be sure that everyone is educated and we are all on the same page. I don't want division. Hmm. Okay, great. When one of the uh, one of the uh, other um, pundits, I'll, I'll say for the moment, one of the other specialists in looking at potential for what people seem to be doing. Um, earlier this week, um, espoused that there might be an agenda here to put a block, to put a stop in front of um, Trump as we go forward. Um, I think I think um, he's referred to um, Kemp as a uh, you know, the the Trump slayer, if you will, if that begins, if if the if it's clear that on a national basis, the American public and, and even in Georgia wish Trump to receive the, the nomination and somebody here um, could be anybody might be, you know, might be somebody with a, a big name like the governor. If they were to stand in that way and appear to be working at adverse purposes. Where do you think you might you might fall? Is that is it too early to speculate or what do you think? I, 
I believe it's a little too early to speculate, but I have to say that as opinionated as I am, I would have major concerns that anyone would try to stop Trump from being our nominee. Back in 2015, I was one of five people that actually were paid staff members for the Trump campaign. Oh, really? And everybody started texting, calling, emailing, and going, oh my gosh, Charlie's for as conservative as you are, and you are now going to be a paid staffer for the Trump campaign. I can't believe it. Have you lost your mind? <laughs> and I said, you know what? We have been doing the same thing over and over and getting the same results. It is time for someone new and fresh to come in here. We've also talked for so many years about a business person as someone, as opposed to someone politically. It worked for me. Listen, I enjoyed working for Donald Trump. I was able to attend his rallies here in Georgia. I have great respect for Donald Trump and what he did for our country as a president. Had he been given the uh, respect that he needed during his terms um, at the Capitol in D.C., we wouldn't be in this mess that we're in now when you had so many Republicans that were so anti-Trump instead of trying to help him learn the process. All they wanted to do was tear him down. No. So I would be very upset and I would be quite vocal if anyone would try to stop Trump from being our nominee. We also have to think about the still the amount of members across this country that are still Trump supporters. Mm -hmm. It is amazing. I mean, they are still waving that flag for him. And mm -hmm. I think he does an incredible job. We Maybe we don't always like his little tweets or that sort of thing. And it's unfortunate personalities get in the way. And um, certainly I am experiencing that myself. We, uh, we have to think policy and not personality. Yeah. Sometimes candor can be cutting, have a cutting edge, can it? <laughs> oh boy, can it ever. <laughs> Charlie's uh, last question. Do, do you feel under the dome that the, the members are listening to the grassroots and want to listen to the grassroots, to the, to the people of Georgia, or are they beholden to donors or other interests? There are a lot of good people at the Capitol. Um, I consider them friends. Mm -hmm. They run in the other direction as opposed to having conversations with me. And listen, I, you know, maybe I should be a little bit more di diplomatic. I have no idea. The one thing I do know about myself is that if someone asks how I'm going to vote or if I know about an issue, I'm going to be very candid with them and tell them truth. Don't expect me to go in there and because you called me and said, I don't like this bill X, Y, Z, that I'm going to go in there and vote against it. Um, I have my own conscience. I know what I need to do. So there are a lot of people in the Capitol that are exactly like that. However, I do believe that there are many people under the gold dome that believe the importance of being under the gold dome as opposed to talking to their constituents and grassroots. It's very difficult for them to stand in front of their voter base um, on some days because they would much rather be in leadership and be in the inner circle rather mm -hmm. than be beholden to the people that voted in, them into their district. 
Fair enough. Bill, you got anything else? No, uh, I think I think this was a, a very good session. We appreciate the time, Charlie. So I, I expect as we get closer to uh, uh, to the next legislative session, or if there's a special session called, we may have more to talk about, and we'll invite you back on. Absolutely. There's a lot of things that are starting to stir now because school is about to go back in mm -hmm. next week, and it seems like when school's going back. Um, everybody's now ready to go back to work. So I have a lot of emails and meetings that I'm going to have for various issues that people feel that are important to them, which is important for me to talk to those people. Thank so you thank very you much for having me today. I greatly appreciate it. Look forward to another interview. Thank you. Take care. Indeed. Right. You too. Interesting interview, Bill. Um, yeah. We really pressed her on a few things. I think she was quite candid. It really was. It was uh, we, in uh, an explanation. We should say that that was taped um, a, a little over, or, or yeah, a little over a week ago. And uh, so uh, they'll be interesting as we go forward to see uh, some of the things that we discussed and how <laughs> the rest of the world appears to be playing out. So we'll even talk about some of that this evening, I believe. Yeah. And we also want to invite other legislators to come on the show, bring us your opinions. You know, we, we are uh, getting very much, uh, our audience is growing, put it that way. And if you want to get out in Georgia to the grassroots, this is the show to do it. Speaking of that, one of our uh, most important things we do in life is taking care of our money for retirement. It's important as the new economy is built, new media, new retail, new medical and new financial uh, companies that you pick somebody that uh, is not trying to hurt you when he's managing your money. So with that, I want to play a quick uh, clip from our sponsor, David Cross. I'm David Cross, and you may know me from my election integrity work, but I also own U.S. Asset Management, a family-owned and operated investment advisory practice. I'm a certified portfolio manager, and my job is to help you make better decisions with your money. One of the things we try to avoid is investing in companies that push the woke agenda. If you're invested with one of the big firms out there, there's a pretty good chance that you're feeding the beast that hates your values. Our company is 100% conservative, and we'd love to have an opportunity to work with you. Check us out at us-am.com and look for our big, proud American Eagle logo. So I sat down with Christina Bob, uh, Trump campaign attorney. Uh, we had a quick but uh, interesting conversation. She's promoting her book. Uh, we'll talk about that, and I'm going to run it now. I had the chance to sit down with Christina Bob, who's a Trump attorney down in Florida. She agreed to come on and talk to us, talk to us about what's happening behind the scenes. Thanks for coming on, Christina. Thank you so much for having me. So before we get into that, I, uh, give us an update. You, we had you on a while back on your book, which is Stealing America, and I'm going to put the cover up right now. But tell us quickly about what the book is about and how's it doing? Yeah, Stealing Your Vote, the inside story of the yeah. 2020 election and what it means for 2024. Um, yeah, so I wrote it to kind of give everybody the behind the scenes information of what actually went down in 2020 and hopefully encourage folks to get involved because uh, I think a lot of people, particularly your viewers, I would imagine, mm -hmm. are aware that there's a problem with our elections, but might not necessarily know where that problem is or how they can get involved and what they can do to uh, you know, help rectify mm -hmm. their local area. So I tell the story and I try to tell it in a way where people can find themselves in the book and say, oh, I could do that or you know, that's something mm -hmm. that I could do. 
um, and get involved because it's, it is absolutely salvageable. Our elections are salvageable and I anticipate President Trump will win in 2024, but it's going to take all of us doing our part at the local level to make that happen. So give us a couple examples. What can people do? Because I, we get that a lot. You know, I, I'm yeah. just a, a grandmother. What can I do? You know, so. Well, <laughs> this election, I think more than any other, is really truly going to have to be from the ground up. I think a lot of people were waiting for Congress or state leadership to do something to correct elections, and that's just not going to happen. Mm -hmm. It's got to happen at the local level. So get involved in your precincts. Volunteer to work the polls. Volunteer to knock doors, to do canvas. Um, there's a lot of great organizations that work to clean up voter rolls. Mm -hmm. Just get involved in your local area. Check with your local either county or state GOP to see if they're active in the area. You know, some are better than others. So if yours isn't particularly active, look and see if there's an organization in your area that does something. If you can't find one, uh, Cause of America is a great place to go. That's Mike mm -hmm. Lindell's organization. He's got folks in all 50 states in every single county. No matter what precinct you're in, he can plug you in with a group in your area. So that's causeofamerica.org. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of great folks across the country doing really great work. And we just had a county in Georgia this week actually uh, move to audit the vote in their county as opposed to just taking the machine count. So uh, we hope that will continue in Georgia. Let's move to what's going on in the, in the <laughs> lawfare against President Trump. Okay. Uh, we get a lot of people asking, you know, what are they doing? I mean, they see all this stuff, but tell us what's going on behind the scenes. I mean, is there a plan? Are they being proactive or are they just reacting because there's so many cases being filed against the president? Yeah, there are a lot of mm -hmm. cases, but I, I mean, you know, we don't know exactly what they're going to do, but there mm -hmm. absolutely uh, is a strategy in place. There's already a legal team in place, particularly for this looming January 6th uh, potential indictment. John Loro mm -hmm. is going to be leading up that legal mm -hmm. team. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, you know, we can't do anything until it, the ball's in DOJ's court, right? Yeah, like yeah. they're going to do whatever they do. But uh, his team is prepared. Uh, we're ready to respond to whatever they throw at him. Just like everything else, I fully anticipate that he will be just fine. Uh, not just fine. He will thrive in this chaos. That seems to be the Trump way. Mm -hmm. uh, and I expect that to that trend to continue. So um, we we have to react a little bit, at least, because. DOJ is the one that is taking the action. Right. But whereas I, I think we're as prepared as we possibly can be. And I fully expect uh, President Trump's team to put up a great fight. I, I think he made a comment recently that, you know, it's obvious that uh, I don't want to say he doesn't need to campaign, but the country is behind him. So yeah. what he needs to do is really is respond to the legal issues because that's yeah. really the fight rather than the election itself. I mean, is that kind of how the campaign sees it? Well, I mean, that's what the Biden campaign is doing, right? right. The Biden yeah. campaign slash administration is moving the campaign trail into the courthouse. Uh, Joe Biden, just like we saw in 2020, isn't really capable of campaigning and he doesn't have that passionate zeal uh, mm -hmm. following that Donald Trump has. And so they don't want a campaign. They don't want the typical campaign because they can't do it. Mm -hmm. So they've moved it into the courthouse. And so, I mean, if that's where the fight is, that's where we fight, you know? Yeah, of course. But, and I, I fully expect President Trump to prevail on everything. So uh, we were talking beforehand in, in Florida specifically, the call, which I guess Fannie Willis is coming, uh, is going to bring to the, her cases to bear right. here shortly. Uh, Jordan Fuchs was allegedly in Florida when she made that call. And that's Florida's a two-party record state. Mm -hmm. So that was illegal. Uh, how does that or does that impact what 
the legal case or response is going to be on, on the Fannie Willis case. Well, I don't think it impacts the defense that much, but it does make me question Ron DeSantis. You mm -hmm. know, why isn't he working with his attorney general to say, hey, you know, it looks like there's some criminal activity around this call and it's not on the part of Donald Trump. You know, right. are, are we only going to prosecute Donald Trump for for nothing? You know, he did nothing wrong. Everyone's read the transcript. Nobody mm -hmm. thinks there's anything wrong with the phone call other than Fannie Willis, who's trying to shoehorn something into a criminal indictment. Uh, so I don't think there's anything there there regarding the phone call, at least not for Donald Trump, but there is for Jordan Fuchs. And I think uh, Ron DeSantis should probably get on top of that. What about, uh, you know, we're very involved, involved in Florida. We have the Miami Independent, which has broken a lot of news on the voter, call it election fraud issues, whether you have... Yeah. Uh, blank ballot registration by the machines, upwards 20% in some jurisdictions in 2020 in Miami-Dade and across the state. You have the mail-in ballot issues you know, that was taken by the, the Miami GOP to Cord Bird, the Secretary of State, and showed him all of this fraud. And his response was to the Miami rec, basically sue me. I mean, how, how, does, how, does, how does the campaign look at dealing with election fraud behind the scenes? Yeah. Well, you know, it's not really a campaign's role to mm -hmm. handle election fraud, although no. the Trump campaign certainly recognizes something that that's a, that they need to be concerned about. Mm -hmm. um, but I think, uh, you know, the I, I think there's so much up in the air regarding the criminal proceedings and the lawsuits about Donald Trump that I think. I, I think that the fraud issue really comes down to the American people. The American yeah. people need to get involved. We need to clean up our own precincts. I know there's a lot of great organizations already doing that. Um, and so as you point, excuse me, as you pointed out, there's a lot of uh, great progress. There's a lot more progress to be made. Um, but I, I think we'll get there. And quite honestly, at the end of the day, I think Donald Trump is so popular. And as we get closer to 2024, I think he's going to be even more popular um, that I don't think there will be any amount of fraud that will be able mm -hmm. to stop him. So we, we just have to secure the elections as best we can. And that's done on a local level. Yeah. Talk to me about uh, the, the special prosecutor. Um, how is, um, yeah, what, what is, what do you expect from him going forward on this case? Um, I expect a partisan investigation. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think this is something they really wanted out of the Mueller investigation was to take out Donald Trump, to take mm -hmm. out their political opposition. And I think that's what they're trying to do. You know, mm -hmm. I, so we'll see. I, you know, I don't know how to get into the mind of someone like Jack Smith. I think, yeah. he, you know, he's what it looks like to me is he's doing what he can to take out his political opponent while cloaking himself in the veil of justice. And that's just not the way America works. Um, but I expect him to try to make it work that way. I think it will fail. Yeah. Um, I think Donald Trump will prevail. I think he'll be elected and he'll be the next president of the United States. But um, yeah, I think, I mean, I think it's a, a partisan witch hunt. Are there any other, uh, well, you wouldn't know if there's any other cases coming, but it seems <laughs> like they're just trying to, um, lay on as much as they can and yeah. bleed him dry legally. Um, yeah. Is his fundraising keeping up, keeping up with the legal fees? Uh, well, there's always a need for more fundraising, uh -huh. but uh, yes, the American people have been very generous and supportive of Donald Trump. And it's been uh, great to see the amount of support that he's gotten from all of this. I think 
people recognize that that this is a very very important issue mm -hmm. and so uh, yes, there's been good fundraising, but by all means, if anyone's able to donate more, you know, the legal fees are, are high. So yeah, uh, please contribute what you're comfortable contributing. Is there anything else you want the American people to know about uh, what's happening with the campaign and, yeah. and how they can support Trump? Yeah, I would say be encouraged, be very encouraged. Uh, President Trump is encouraged. He's excited about taking office again and get involved i mean we can't do it without you we, yeah. we can't do it without the number of volunteers at the polls knocking doors cleaning up voter rolls you know doing whatever you can to be a part of the process please get involved get involved at your county get involved at your precinct get involved at your gop get involved at another organization uh, but just be a part of the process the american government works best when the american people are involved and that is certainly true here so be encouraged be excited to see donald trump uh, retake the White House, but we can't do it without you. Christina, thanks for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Take care. Quick interview, but um, at least gave us, I was trying to really get to what, what, uh, what are, is there a plan? Because you see so much happening and you just don't really know what the plan is. And, you know, hopefully the plan exists not to take you know, the QAnon movement, but go ahead. You know, what? you know, what makes it difficult to plan is the fact that they're in a lot of cases, cobbling these charges, including mm -hmm. the, the charges that surfaced in the last 48 hours, um, out of uh, seeming thin air. I mean, already, um, I believe uh, attorneys and perhaps one judge elsewhere in the country is, is poking holes in Jack Smith's latest charges, um, mm -hmm. pointing to things that, that um, seemingly make at least, at least one of the things they're looking at make no sense at all. Yeah. So it makes it tough to plan. It's kind of like, well, what kind of creativity are they going to try to pull this time? So before we move into our discussion of local issues, I want to highlight one book for our audience. Uh, my good friend, Rob Green, Commander Rob Green, he's still on active duty. His situation is very unique in that he's fighting the tyranny and the corruption and the just lack of honor inside the Department of Defense with senior officers while he's still on active duty and they have come after him and he's written a book about it. Let me bring up the cover. It's called Defending the Constitution Behind Enemy Lines by Skyhorse Publishing. Uh, I've interviewed Rob. His interview is on armedforces.press and actually we've spread it around to some of the other papers. But if you are looking for a book to really give you motivation and hope from a warrior who's inside, I mean, not, people know, not many people know about the UCMJ, but if you're under it while you're active, that puts a lot of restraints and risk, legal risk on you. And so he's fighting that anyway. So it's, it's a great book. Please check it out. So Bill, what do you, what do you want to discuss here before we close the show out? Well, it's actually kind of interesting. There's been some developments um, even since, you know, our, our last show. And so um, it, it became clear yesterday that as we've sort of been feeling for the last, I guess, months, probably, there's something going on with uh, with Governor Kemp, and uh, he has been, you know, pretty unabashed about talking about one having to do something other than the GOP, which is our concern um, around these coalitions, and they mm -hmm. continue to uh, grow and uh, and multiply. But but then yesterday it was announced uh, that Kemp will co-sponsor um, what what we'll call a never Trumper event right here in Atlanta in mid-August, so literally a few weeks away. Um, Brian, uh, Brian K. Pritchard spoke about it this morning and yesterday, 
Um, and the AJC uh, disclosed that Kemp had antied up $100,000 to co-sponsor the event. Now put that in contrast to what he brought forward for, for example, the GOP convention where you know, 2,500 uh, conservative Republicans from around the state gathered to make decisions and choose their leadership for the coming, uh, the coming period of time. And uh, according to sources, Kemp contributed zero. Mm -hmm. So um, it, essentially at this event, all the Republican hopefuls, I'll call them, are invited except for Trump. And Trump is actually leading by about 50 points at the moment. So uh, we took a look at uh, uh, we took a look at uh, the, the stats, and let me share this. So here's uh, a poll uh, through interactive polls that's just a few days old. It was done on the the uh, 28th uh, to the 30th, and Trump's showing uh, with 58 percent. Next closest is DeSantis with 15, and everybody else is single digits. Yet DeSantis, Ramaswamy, Pence, Haley, Scott, Christie are all to show up at, uh, you know, at this event here in, in Atlanta. Fascinating on one hand, but it's really showing the hand of these folks that are working against Trump. It goes back to what we heard earlier in our, uh, you know, in, in this particular show. So, um, you know, if you want to, if you want to have the people hear from prospective candidates, wouldn't you, if you were a legitimate, you know, putting a legitimate event together, wouldn't you want them to hear from everybody so that they can hear from whoever eventually wins and then begin to form opinions as we get further into the election cycle? So Yeah, just uh, think of the crowds with the group that's going to be there now. And if you added Trump to that, the difference of, yeah. of who would show up. Very much. Yeah. Now, the, the other part of this is the timing is very interesting because you mentioned Fannie Willis and mm -hmm. Fannie Willis has kind of foreshadowed that sometime in August may be when she brings forward charges um, uh, against Trump. If, if in fact she does, it'll, it, she's basically said it's likely to be in August. So think about this for a minute. What if a few days before this event, the charges for Trump surface and the uh, Fulton County uh, Sheriff is already on record saying that no matter who um, is arrested, they will go through their regular booking procedures uh, because I think in his word, status doesn't count. So imagine that. Um, sounds a lot like this might be being set up specifically to um, try to harm Trump in the eyes of the public and prop up others in the eyes of the public. Yeah. My personal opinion is if you look at the last weeks when things like this have been tried, they actually seem to work in reverse. And yes. I suspect they will in this case too. I completely agree. You know, you, we were talking about the coalitions. I think Charlize gave an honest answer. And my concern is that people may be drawn into those, maybe not knowing exactly what the purpose is which is to, you know, develop a following to possibly take seats on local boards away from the GOP in favor of those who are against the likely nominee in the primary. Right. I mean, we've already seen in, in Cherokee County itself, one mm -hmm. of the uh, seats that was due and for decades has been um, assigned 
and appointed from uh, nominations from the Republican Party. Only one of those seats went to the Republican Party. The other was assigned to a member of the Cherokee Coalition. Reminder, these coalitions are not parties. They yeah. are corporations. They are not beholden to the same rules, regulations, and laws that parties are. So very interesting. So people should be aware. And that's one thing we'll make sure they are aware of. They watch the Georgia show. So that's right. It's going to fall to us and folks like us to keep an eye on, on what's happening and what their actions are so that if they appear to be working against the will of the people, you know, that's our job is to, is to focus on that, call it out and, uh, and, and ask the tough questions. So what else you got, Bill? The other thing going on, um, just as a quick uh, recap, Fulton County um, has been resistant to one of the- uh, Why don't you pull that poll off there? I guess I could- Oh, pardon me. Yeah. One of the, uh, one of, one of the uh, prospective appointees from the Republican party in Fulton um, is, has been, resisted by the Fulton County government. They've, uh, they've denied and refused to appoint Jason Schaefer twice now to the Board of Elections in Fulton County. Um, the case continues, um, but as, as the latest filings have been um, seen and are available through Fulton County Court, one of the fascinating things is actually a sort of a side document, an affidavit that was produced from Mark Wingate who is the gentleman that has occupied the seat ostensibly that would go to Jason Frazier. And um, he filed a rather lengthy affidavit explaining some actions that have happened in the last, last few weeks. And we won't go into depth and, and disclaimer, I'm not an attorney and, and uh, you know, I won't be giving any legal advice on this and certainly open to other legal interpretation. But what he's describing is a case where uh, he was, he's been approached by what was the um, uh, council, the council record for the BRE, who's now been assigned as the chairman of the BRE, and was told in the midst of him getting ready to leave the board that he was required to stay on the board because they weren't ready yet to make an appointment in the middle of this uh, debate about Jason. So he found that interesting, deemed it probably appropriate because he knew he was speaking with an attorney. And so he took it at face value and, and thought, okay, well, I'm, I must be supposed to stay here for the time being and, and act sort of as a placeholder, if you will, for this seat until they're ready to make the appropriate assignment. Hmm. Um, a few days later, he was actually approached by another gentleman, um, also an attorney, and was told on an emergency basis he needed to sign an affidavit attesting to um, some of these facts. And they went to the extent of literally sending a notary to a, a family member's home so that he could be approached and execute this document. Um, basically, uh, my understanding is admitting that he would, or confirming that he would be um, available and, and so forth as serving as continued service in this board seat. Um, he has had a number of health issues for going back quite some time. And um, subsequently, after this event and ask, after being you know, asked to sign this document, he's learned that he has to have um, pretty extensive surgery and will need um, serious recuperation time. 
and so went back to the um, these same folks now uh, now the chairman of um, you know of the uh, Fulton County uh, Board of Elections, and has been uh, has had confirmed I'm not able to serve. I'm going to have to leave this placeholder position, and the the answer he got was very telling too. It's uh, apparently. Um, the language was, well, you know, you, you've been serving and you've been um, continuing to serve in, in your role. Uh, you haven't been in a placeholder. You've continued in that slot. Now that you have to leave, it falls to the Board of, uh, uh, the board of Elections to uh, make an interim appointment. Hmm. Without getting into the detail of the language, which is interesting and available to folks if they, if they wish it, we'll probably add this to the Georgia record so folks can actually read the documents, but what's more important to me is it. It feels as if it again is this sort of contrived method of getting people to believe they have to do certain things, or that those uh, quote unquote in charge can get them to do certain things by telling them it's their responsibility. Yeah. Um, looking back at this, I suspect we will learn more about what his, uh, Mr. Wingate's responsibilities really were or requirements really were to stay in this role. And uh, I, I so far have not had anybody bring forward anything that indicates a requirement to stick around. So was he being in some way, I don't know, maneuvered in all of this? We don't know yet. Um, but again, given the fact that Fulton after decades of of assigning people appropriately based uh, as they're brought forward by the uh, the parties in Fulton County, and now fighting that, fighting it tooth and nail to prevent this ind- uh, this individual, Jason Frazier, from being in that seat. It smacks of you know what are we doing, and we will do whatever we need to at all costs. Kind of like what we see perhaps happening with Trump. So. True. Some of these things begin to have, uh, I'll call it pattern recognition. And if our audience, you know, if you're out in a position like that and you feel something's nefarious, just the main thing you need to do is not do anything <laughs> until you get your your view of the world, you know, understanding straightened out as to what is appropriate and what's not. Yep. So. Another recommendation is, uh, as we heard just a few minutes ago, as we see these things begin to surface, this um, sort of blocking maneuvers on Trump, uh, trying to maneuver people in in ways that are not traditional or not um, uh, consistent with what's been done in the past. You know, ask the difficult questions. If you're talking to one of your legislators, one of the questions I'd be asking them now is, you know, we've got this event in town and our governor seems to be standing in the way of of Trump getting a fair shake in the event. And maybe he's aiding in some ways. Um, you know, the, the perception that will be um, uh, driven out of whatever happens to him should he be indicted. Is that fair? And Mr. Legislator or Ms. Legislator, how do you feel about that and where do you stand? And I think where that's do you stand and what are you going to do about it? That's right. And we're going to, you know, we're, we're going to shine light. You can't run away anymore. There's real media in town and we're going to make sure that uh, we're not going to be ugly or we're not going to be, uh, you know, aggressive. We're just going to make sure everybody knows where you stand. That's fair. That's right. So, okay. We'll see us uh, next Sunday at two o'clock at our normal weekend time. We'll be back. We'll have another great show already lined up. Please support us with our no ad subscriptions. You can find it uh, on the top right corner. Usually where you uh, sign in for a subscription, you can find where to get those there or a little 
block will pop up and you can fill it out. It's 10 bucks a month. There's also a discounted yearly rate and you get access to everything, all of our content with no ads. And I know people hate that on their phone popping up. I get those emails. I hate the ads. Well, you know, we have to survive. So it costs a lot of money, believe it or not, to do all this work. Thank you, Bill. We'll see you next week. Thank you, Todd.